You might be surprised at how many times people head to college and don't realize that we have support available for their health problems. I've seen it over and over again. Check out this comment. Over the 18, almost 18 months that it's been since this first started happening with COVID, what we have seen is about 30% of our students who have told us that they needed assistance for COVID have actually said, you know what, I didn't know that I could get accommodations from you for the fibromyalgia that I have, or I do mm-hmm. have a learning disability, or I have chronic migraines. And The voice you just heard is Kelly Herman. She is the Vice President of Accessibility, Equity, and Inclusion at the University of Phoenix. And I am so honored that she is here today to talk about accommodations and accessibility for students with disabilities at the University of Phoenix. Online academics have historically been a challenge for students with disabilities. And when you add the layer of complications that COVID brings to the table, things can get even more frustrating. Kelly's here to talk about how they addressed COVID and the ways that they are accommodating students with disabilities and how their accommodations have made a big, big difference and impact in students' lives. So sit back and enjoy College Disabilities and Success, Episode 31, Online Accessibility with the University of Phoenix. The opinions in this podcast are my own, but please reach out to your college physicians or legal services for any additional information. Hi, everybody. As promised, here's Kelly Herman. She is the VP of Accessibility, Equity, and Inclusion at the University of Phoenix. In my mind, the University of Phoenix is the gold standard for online education. And so we're here to talk about all those pieces of information that impact students with disabilities and online education. So Kelly, if you'll take a moment and just tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe talk about what you've learned with the COVID pandemic with regards to the importance of online accessibility. Sure. Well, thanks for having me today, Mickey. I'm you know, super excited to join you and, and talk about some of my favorite topics. Um, so I've been doing disability services work for a really long time. I started in this work in higher education about 20 years ago after um, spending some time as a speech therapist who realized that she didn't like to fix R's, S's, and L's and that I needed to do something a little bit different and had a a great opportunity to start working with our accommodated students in in higher ed. And kind of as my career got started in in the early 2000s and I started thinking about what, what higher ed was for students with disabilities and how we could provide better educational opportunities and, and level the playing field a little bit, um, the technology of Involved along with it. And I went from working in very traditional forms of higher education to an institution in New York that was designed to meet the needs of adult learners, much like what we do here at the University of Phoenix, and had my first introduction to online learning and realized I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, I had never taken an online course. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had been in lots of traditional courses, knew how to accommodate students in those courses, but you know, the online course was kind of a new anomaly to me. And and I had to quickly figure out what do, what do our students need? What are mm-hmm. the ways that online learning both benefits students with disabilities, and how how do, how does that modality challenge our students with disabilities? And so I think that's kind of you know my career trajectory, if you will, has kind of been what I, I'm taking away a lot from the pandemic 
pandemic as well and kind of how our institutions last March had a pivot very, very quickly to be able mm-hmm. to figure out how do you how do you deliver what you normally would do in a face-to-face environment when it's not safe to be face-to-face remotely and, you know, to leverage the technology and, you know, to make sure that the technology isn't lo- leaving students behind. And we've done a really good job of that at the University of Phoenix, if I can uh, toot our horn here a little bit um, in terms <laughs> of being really, yeah, we're really proactive about it. And I think a lot of our field and disability services is more reactive. You know, students come to us with a need and they tell us they need an accommodation and then we figure out how we're going to fill that need and where the pandemic has kind of forced us to reshape that a little bit is what some of us who have been doing online learning for a longer period of time figured out a few years ago, which is that you really need to be proactive. You need to be thinking about how your course is set up. What technology tools are you using? What resources are you sharing with students before students ever enter into the virtual classroom? So you can be sure that it will do technologically what it needs to, even for those who are using assistive technology or have other types of disabilities that limit their ability to use and interact with that content Mm -hmm. in a traditional way. And so a lot of our colleagues have been grappling with that, especially over the last year and a half. And we've been a little bit ahead of the curve. And that's not to say that we haven't learned some lessons along the way and have been able to fine tune and, and kind of work through our approach and how we you know, are proactively meeting our students' needs. But I think there are certain lessons we had already learned and we were able to immediately put into place when we had to experience that same pivot when we took our smaller set of um, um, in-person classes and moved those online. That is really critical, that reactive and proactive approach to online learning, because I think a lot of colleges and a lot of schools, K-12s and colleges are in that position where they're just, how do you be proactive? What kinds of things do you do to be proactive? Mm -hmm. What kind of accommodations do you find that students with disabilities typically need or request or that you can provide? Sure. So I think, you know, similar to other forms of higher education, our students are usually looking for extended time. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that's all they know to ask for is I need extended time, you know, because there Mm -hmm. are so many different pieces that are coming at me and that I'm having to balance and to juggle along with the effects of the, the disabling condition or whatever their diagnosis is that caused them to ask for those accommodations in the first place. So that's that one is, is pretty typical. I think what it, it's different for us in an online space and especially in an accelerated course format like we use at the University of Phoenix, our students take classes mostly five or six weeks at a time and they're doing one at a time. And so mm-hmm. that, that changes that time dynamic a little bit. And so where we aren't just dealing with testing time and you know the kind of the time limiters that are imposed on an exam, sure. we're talking a lot of times about um, individual assignments and what does that mean when you have a collaborative team assignment and how do we help our students figure out how to prioritize their time with mm-hmm. using extended time for those individual assignments so they can do the other things that they need to do to stay on top of their coursework and especially in the, the more interactive components of the course. So that's number one. That, that's one that every student that mm-hmm. we accommodate at the Absolutely. university gets. I think the other types of accommodations, I mean, this is where that individual nature of what it is that we do really comes into mm-hmm. play. We do a lot of work to be sure that students understand how to use the technology. I think as an institution focused on adult students who have been out of school, many of them for a, quite a long period of time, they're kind of happy end users of, of technology, but they don't quite understand all of the ways and the power in which it can work to benefit them. And, you know, many Absolutely. of them haven't been exposed to assistive technology either and how that technology 
can help them mitigate the impact of their, their diagnosis. And so those are some of the things that we do that wouldn't necessarily show up on a faculty notification, but that's what we do with our disability services advisors and the coaching that they provide to our students as you know they're talking with students during an intake interview and finding out more about the student, what that diagnosis is. Then they're able to kind of customize and tailor a little bit better to the student what sort of resources or accommodations do they need. So for instance, we might have students who struggle with the, the digital textbooks that we use and which is kind of something that's that's interesting in a more traditional, you know, I mean, you probably know from your experience, right? Yeah. You're spending a lot of time converting print textbooks to digital books. My students get all digital books, but so for some of them, they need a break from the digital and, you know, for very, mm-hmm. very valid, you know, disability related reasons. So we might be looking at getting them a printed book, you know, to supplement mm-hmm. what we have digitally. Um, for other students, obviously, you know, we, we do a fair amount of captioning, you know, requests. We do um, also have ASL requests for, for our students and some of those traditional things that we do. But we also kind of coach our students and our faculty on how to interact with each other and how to get clarification. So when you mm-hmm. are in an asynchronous online course environment, being able to know that you can contact your faculty member and kind of giving the faculty member a heads up that this student might need a phone call every once in a while, that that can sometimes be just as an important of an, an accommodation as uh, extended time. Which I saw on, I was reading through one of your articles and I saw the comment about your designated disability services advisor. Yes. And one of your students was grateful because the advisor checked up on him to make sure everything was going well and that he was being successful in what he needed to do. And that's huge because in a traditional environment, the disability services staff usually don't check up. Right. If, If there's a problem, we know about it because somebody came to tell us about it. Exactly. And, you know, that's something that we've, you know, put a greater emphasis on in the last two years, even before the pandemic started. We Mm -hmm. recognize that our students sometimes need a little bit more of a lifeline. You know, when you're doing everything asynchronously and everything through text and email and, you know, and for a lot of us, right, you know, I mean, I'll be the first one to admit, if I have an option between ordering food for takeout on an app versus calling the restaurant to talk to a person, Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose the app pretty much every single time, you know, there's a convenience value to that. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you can't replace that human interaction and that human conversation. Absolutely. When they were in a more face-to-face environment, they could just stop in. I had a lot of students who just popped in and said, hey, could you help me with this? Because this is what's going on. And you don't have that in an online environment, whether it's University of Phoenix, it's all online, or whether it's a college like we had where part of it is online or part of it are hybrid courses or things like that. Right. You just don't have that luxury of walking in and saying hi. Well, so and I, I just that was that was thrilled I was thrilled to see that you guys were mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah. And I think the other piece that goes hand in hand with that, I just actually had a conversation with a student earlier this week where, you know, we were talking about her assigned advisor and we have thousands of students that we accommodate and we have 19 Mm -hmm. advisors. And, you know, the the flip side of that is we have to be prepared for making sure that that relationship is right as well. And this particular student was expressing some concerns that the relationship, although the advisor was wonderful, did his job very, very well, it wasn't a good fit for this student. And so then we have to be right. And we have 
have to be ready to pivot and, you know, to say to the student, talk to me about your expectations, what it is that you need Mm -hmm. in that advisor, because we have identified that that relationship is critical to our students having access to our curriculum. And that it's critical also for us to get that feedback from the student so that we can fine tune and better make decisions about how Mm -hmm. to do those proactive things we do in our curriculum to be sure that it's accessible for all of our students. Yeah, absolutely. Could you talk about Blackboard Ally for a minute? I would love to talk about Ally. So Ally, if you're not familiar with it, is a a tool that is able to be integrated into obviously the Blackboard LMS uh, learning management system, but also works with other learning management systems as well that embeds some accessibility support right into the the courses for our students. And the flip side of it is that it also provides accessibility support to our faculty when faculty are sharing content with students. And so it does two, two things primarily. For the faculty audience, it provides them with an accessibility score and feedback on the content they upload and gives them, you know, in many cases, step-by-step guidance on how to fix that content so it's more accessible for the student. So if a faculty member uploads a document and the image doesn't have an alternative text description, it will alert the faculty to that and then also provide a window for the faculty member to add it right into the document, which is Mm -hmm. super, super cool. It does things that I cannot replicate with human beings on our accessibility Mm -hmm. team. For our students, though, one of the most amazing things that it does is it does offer them the ability to download any of the documents that are found in the online course into a myriad of alternative formats. So if I have a student who happens to be blind and is using um, an electronic Braille display and they have a Word document that their faculty member uploaded, they can actually download that document into a file format that will work with their electronic Braille display. Play. So they don't That's have that student. It is. They do not have to come to the disability services office to have that text conversion done. And so what we have seen with that is we usually see upwards of thirteen to 15,000 downloads every single month by many, many students. And most of those students, I would venture to guess, um, have no relationship with the disability services office. You know, mm-hmm. So they may be using it because they prefer to listen to their text instead of reading it, or mm-hmm. they may be using it for a disability-related reason. And so it is been a wonderful tool that we've been able to implement into our classroom to allow students to have that flexibility and choice. And by the way, it makes it more accessible for them as well. For, for everybody. Yes. And that's universal design for learning is basically absolutely what it is. And you're looking at what you do for a student with a disability benefits everybody. Yes. And this is a perfect example of that. You have so many students out there who may not have self-identified or may not have the proper documentation to support their disability. Yep. And that gives them the opportunity to be able to still have accessibility on a much broader scale. But that's perfect. I I was just, when I looked at that and I saw that, I was just like, whoa, I wanted this years ago. Yes. (laughs) Where were you? all my life. Exactly. And I think for the students, you know, especially students who tend to have, you know, sensory disabilities, they don't want to have to jump through the hoops of coming to a disability services office to to identify their needs. They just want to be able to go to class and do what they need to do. And that has been, that's kind of been our goal all the way, you know, in in the almost five years I've been with the university, that is the, the thing that we remind our folks in instructional design and the technical accessibility team that works with me. It, the goal is that the student doesn't have to come to us. The goal is that they can step into class, have what they need when they need it. There's no delay. There's no waiting for anything. There's no saying, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm here. And they can just blend in and be like every other student in the class. And that's what they want. Absolutely. And these are just wonderful tools. And I'm not sure if a lot of people are aware of them. Right. 
And so I think this is, I think just spreading this word and the the importance of how Blackboard Ally and any other resources are out there that will help is a huge, huge advantage for students to know. Yes, I, just, I agree. I'm all about giving education. And I think that's what, that's what you're doing. You're letting people know these things are out there and University of Phoenix provides them. And that is your goal. And that is your mission to remove the friction. Yes, exactly. It's taking out the barriers before the barriers become a barrier. You know, it really is the social model of disability instead of the medical model. We're not focusing on the impairment Mm -hmm. in the body. We're focusing on the the barrier in the environment. Exactly. And that's, that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Is there any particular uh, student that you want to share a story about with regards to the University of Phoenix and so I, I think I think we, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about our students because our students really, you know, this is going to sound kind of hokey, but they do ex- inspire me every day as, as you know someone who who does this work because I'm passionate about making sure students have opportunities, but also as someone who's who's grappled with my own medical you know conditions over the years and invisible sure. disabilities. Um, but I think you know for me one of the things that a lot of people are not aware of is that the the vast majority of the students that we you know work with here at the University of Phoenix are coming to us for disability services because they're dealing with a chronic medical condition. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we have, you know, students who are going through cancer treatments, they may have been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis or, you know, any, any Mm -hmm. sort of long-term chronic medical condition. And what, what that has done is, is it actually prepared us very well for the pandemic. And, you know, what we were mm-hmm. seeing when students first started disclosing to us that, you know, hey, wait, I've been diagnosed with COVID. I'm in the middle of this five-week-long course. Now what do I do? And right. I think, you know, rather than a specific student story, you know, what I'd love to share with you is kind of the um, happy consequence of, you know, the, the pandemic. And what we have seen is that we've seen a lot of our students who were referred to us. And so we have a great referral system at the university because our students are in contact more with their faculty and with their mm-hmm. academic counselors than they are with our team. And so they'll disclose their disabilities to those groups of folks. And we mm-hmm. have a system in place where, you know, they can notify us of, of the conversation and we can reach out and make sure that the student knows that they can request an accommodation. And, well, you know, good. it's it's fantastic. And yeah, so absolutely. over the 18, almost 18 months that it's been since, you know, this first started happening with COVID, what we have seen is a about 30% of our students who have told us that they, you know, needed assistance for COVID have actually said, you know what, I didn't know that I could get accommodations from you for the fibromyalgia that I have, or I do mm-hmm. have a learning disability, or I, you know, I, I have chronic migraines and, you know, they, they sometimes, you know, that, that sets me back. I can get an accommodation for that. And so one of the, the happy consequences has been that we've been able to get those students, you know, accommodated, not just on a temporary basis for that one or two courses where they're impacted mm-hmm. by COVID, but in every course. And what mm-hmm. we see as a result, as we measure, you know, kind of our, our student retention metrics, we have a measure where we look at if the student's been enrolled in the last year, are they then enrolled again in, in the last 30 days? And our, when we accommodate a student, we get significant gains, you know, in terms of that retention rate. And so what we're doing is, and what I say to my team all the time is by giving those students that opportunity. And yes, my team's super busy right now. They have a lot of students sure they're working they to with. 
But it, the, the end result of it is those students are able to attend more of their classes on their, their program and get mm-hmm. closer to graduation than they would have been if they weren't able to use those accommodations. And that's been, you know, the, the, um, the great part about this. And I, you know, love that you highlighted the story that we shared in, in the article um, that we wrote for Inside Higher Ed, you know, mm-hmm. about that veteran student who mm-hmm. really talked about how, you know, sometimes he would find himself kind of in the rabbit hole and, you know, not being able yeah. to see a way out. And, you know, to be able to have his disability services advisor reach out and, you know, even just to check in is kind of one of those lifelines that he didn't realize he needed to help him it's stay a on huge track. lifeline. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I am just over the moon that I had a chance to meet you and talk to you. And just I as I started doing my research and learning about all the wonderful things that the University of Phoenix is doing to support students with disabilities, that's just enormous. And you really are ahead of the curve and the outreach that you do and the support that you do has been tremendous. So I want to thank you for that. And I want to thank you for giving me your time today. Is there anything else that you would like to add as you wrap things up here? Well, I, I think I, I you know, would just you know, encourage any of our potential students that might be listening to this podcast or parents who might be listening to this and thinking about what does you know, the future look like for their, their child who has a disability and thinking you know, maybe they might have thought before that online learning isn't going to be an accommodating environment for them to give us a chance, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to not Absolutely. sell yourself short, short and, you know, investigate that as an option. Because the fact of the matter is, well, technology does pose some challenges for a student with a disability that it doesn't for others. It also can be a great equalizer. And that has always been kind of the the um, rally cry that I have in my career and working with students online is that, you know, I want to try to find those opportunities and to set up processes and structures in place, whichever institution I'm working with at the time. And luckily, mm-hmm. I'm here at the University of Phoenix, where we have amazing support all the way throughout our organization mm-hmm. for these students to be able to say, we, we can we can help you. You can get your degree yeah. and your disability. It's it, I would never uh, minimize and say it doesn't matter, but we can make it matter less to your educational career if you if, right. you know you want to come talk to us about what it might mean for you. Yeah, it's all about removing the barriers. Yes. So the yes. student can shine and show Absolutely. what they know. And that's what it comes down to. That's the bottom line. I say to students a lot of times that access is my job, success is your job. But when you have like to worry that. about access, you, you can't focus on success. Right. That's why we take care of the access so that you can focus on your success. Perfect. Well, thank you again. This has been a fantastic afternoon and I appreciate all you've done. And I look forward to talking to you again sometime and we'll, um, you know, do a part two or something one of these days, maybe. I would love that. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having me today, Mickey. Thank you, Kelly. It was lovely talking with you as well. Thank you. Take care. Yes, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I just want to really give a special thank you to the University of Phoenix for joining me today. I just thought what she had to say was so, so incredibly valuable. And there's so much information on there that you can use, whether you're a University of Phoenix student or any student in college who's taking online classes. And it gives you some insight into what possibilities there might be. When you get a chance, stop by my website. It's all new and shiny and rearranged, and I think it looks pretty nice. I hope all the links work. I think they do. But if you get a chance, stop by my website. It's mickeyteaches.com, M-I-C-K-I-E teaches.com, and check out my resources there. I have tons of articles, lots of information, some free material, and a course that will help you or your child get ready for that transition into college. So check things out. 
on MickeyTeaches.com when you get a chance. And once again, special thanks to the University of Phoenix and Kelly Herman. Have a great rest of the day, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Information contained throughout this podcast has been gleaned from my own personal experiences. But to ensure accuracy, please contact the Disability Services at the College of Your Choice to have first-hand information and the most up-to-date policies and procedures followed by your particular institution of higher education. The content in any of these podcasts is not intended as a substitute for information from legal, educational, or medical professionals. Always seek the advice of your attorney or qualified health care provider with any questions you may have with regards to legal, educational, or medical concerns.